0: It is a land of tremendous beauty, high, soaring mountains, and deep, rich valleys. It's the center of the world's three major faiths, and home to the world's oldest city. And it was here, in this land, that the man who changed the course of history lived out his days In this river he was baptized. On this hillside he would teach. On these waters he walked. And to this city he would go in the final week of his life. Now, together we begin our journey to the land where he lived and died and rose again.
1: Welcome to the Holy Land. If you have your Bible, I want to encourage you to turn to Matthew chapter 26. That's where we're going to be this morning. Uh, And as you turn there, I want to say a word of welcome to you, especially if you're visiting with us for the very first time here at First Methodist Mansfield. Um, I'm David, one of the pastors, and uh, thrilled to have you, uh, whether you're here in the well or upstairs in the Well Cafe, uh, delighted to have you uh, as our guest today. Uh, This is the sixth week uh, in the season of Lent, the last weekend in the season of Lent, uh, which means that it is the start of what we in the Christian church call Holy Week, uh, Holy Week begins with Palm Sunday, which is today the day we remember jesus 's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. We actually looked at that text last week in this series and i 'll share with you a little bit more about why we looked at that last week. Uh, on Thursday, we will remember the last Supper that Jesus shared with his disciples and then on Friday, we mark the day of jesus 's crucifixion and then of course, next weekend, uh, starting for us Saturday night at six p m we begin the celebration of Easter. I want to say a few words about Thursday and Friday. First, um, we're going to offer you two opportunities to come and mark the Holy, uh, uh, Holy Communion as well as Good Friday. Uh, on either Thursday or Friday night, uh, we will have, as you arrive here at the church, a devotional guide for you to walk through what is called the Stations of the Cross. Uh, that is a, uh, a way that tr- Christians for thousands of years have remembered the last steps of Jesus as He made His way to the cross. And then when you finish walking through each of those stations, our pastors will be at the altar to share Holy Communion with you. Again, you can come Thursday night. Friday night or come both nights, I want to encourage you to do so. I think it'll be a meaningful experience for you as we move towards a celebration of Easter. And then Easter, again, starts Saturday night, 6 p.m. And I want to walk you through what our worship service opportunities are for Easter so that you will know uh, and and you can make a decision of what service you want to be uh, attend. So three of our services are not going to be here on this campus. So uh, if you're coming Saturday night, 6 p.m. or Sunday morning at 9 a.m., or 11 a.m., we don't want you to come to church okay don't come to church at those times come to the Mansfield ISD Center for the the Performing Arts uh, a beautiful large facility where we will have a seat for everyone would encourage you to come and be a part of those services the 6pm Saturday night and the 9am Sunday morning service will be a style similar to either the well or the well cafe and then our 11am service will be a traditional service we also have 815 traditional here in our sanctuary 7am sunrise service at town park and then 5pm service here in our chapel will be our final Easter service. And again, we want to encourage you to invite someone to be a part of Easter uh, this year. We've been making the journey through Lent this year in a very unique way through a series called Discovering the Holy Land where we have shared with you so far five locations, five spots that correspond to important moments in the life of Jesus. The imagery that we've shared with you is from our most recent trip to the Holy Land. We took uh, two videographers and one professional photographer who just happens to be here this morning sitting right there. Uh, Carter Rose, who uh, works out of Dallas, usually shoots weddings and all sorts of other things, but he went with us to the Holy Land, and uh, he's here today. He has a book that he's prepared for those who, or anyone who'd like to purchase it of his uh, his, uh, photos, but I want to invite you just to to say thank you to Carter for the imagery that he's captured for us. So, so far, we, we started the series by going to the Jordan River, to the place where Jesus was baptized. We went to the wilderness area, the barren wilderness just outside Jericho, where, where Jesus spent time fasting and praying in preparation for the start of his ministry. We, we went to the, to the Sea of Galilee area, to the hillside where Jesus shared the Sermon on the Mount. The, the cities that surrounded uh, the sea were the places where Jesus spent most of his three years of public ministry. We went out onto the Sea of Galilee, to the place where Jesus spent... Many times with his disciples and performed miracles there on those waters. And then last week we came to Jerusalem, to the holy city, uh, with Jesus down the Mount of Olives, remembering his triumphant entry into that city. We talked about that Jesus came to Jerusalem at the time of Passover, an annual celebration. "...where thousands of Jews would have come to Jerusalem for the purpose of providing a sacrifice at the temple for Passover and also to share the Passover meal." The Passover meal uh, remembered the, the story of the Israelites being delivered out of slavery in Egypt. And so when Jesus gathers with his disciples the, the night that we will mark on Thursday, when he gathers with them for the Last Supper, he does so to celebrate the Passover meal. During the course of that meal, and if you've ever seen the Passover meal or read anything about it, you know that each of the dishes, all the things that are served the Passover meal, again, correspond to parts of that story of God leading the Israelites out of slavery. During that meal, Jesus would have taken bread and broken the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. As often as you eat of this, remember me. He would have taken one of the cups and and, and blessed the cup and said, this is the cup of the new covenant. My blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink of this cup, Jesus would have said to his disciples, remember me. So the tradition that that we mark of Holy Communion or the Last Supper grows out of the Jewish tradition of the Passover meal. So a meal that for thousands of years for the Jews symbolized their deliverance out of slavery symbolizes for us today our own deliverance from slavery, the slavery to sin and death, the invitation Jesus offers us to experience eternal life. And it's at this point in the story that I want us to re-enter today as we look today at the last hours of Jesus' life. All four of the Gospel writers tell us that after this sacred meal, Jesus left the city and went back to the Mount of Olives, coming to this place that I want to show you now. Uh, this place is called the Garden of Gethsemane, and what you see right now is the view up, back up to the Temple Mount structure. So the Garden of Gethsemane is located at the base of the Mount of Olives, and there you find this olive grove today. Now, Gethsemane literally means olive press. So this was the place where Jews would have come, the, the inhabitants of Jerusalem would have come, to press fresh olives into oil that they would use. Next to the garden, if you go there today, you will find this church, which is known as the Church of the Agony, a place that remembers Jesus' time in the Garden of Gethsemane, the words that we read in Matthew chapter 26, beginning with verse 36. This is what it says. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. He again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. And then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go, for here comes my betrayer. So Jesus has come to Jerusalem for the sake of celebrating the Passover meal with his disciples. They have done that. A moment that would have been a moment of great meaning and celebration for the disciples to share that meal with Jesus in Jerusalem. And following that meal, he had gone to the Mount of Olives late in the night to pray as he prepared himself for what was going to come next. In that garden, he prays out of great sorrow, asking God if there's any way for this to happen, if there's a way for this cup to be passed from me, God, that's my prayer, but may your will be done. He prays that prayer three times before those who would arrest Jesus would come to the garden and and cuff him and take him back into the city. From the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was taken back into the city to the home of the high priest Caiaphas. And there he would face his first trial. If you know the gospel stories, you also know that it is at the house of Caiaphas that Peter comes. Peter follows the the crew that comes to arrest Jesus. And there in the courtyard, he comes out of concern for Jesus. But Peter also denies knowing Jesus three times while he waits there to see what happens to Jesus. If you go to Jerusalem today, to the house of Caiaphas, this is what you will find. There is a church that is constructed on top of uh, the pits where Jesus was held that night after his trial before the religious leadership. You see there a mosaic that memorializes that moment. And here you see the pit that tradition tells us Jesus was held after he faced his trial before the religious leaders and before the next day when he faced a trial before Pontius Pilate. What you're about to see at the top of this pit is a hole, and you see a cross there carved into the top of the hole. That cross, as well as several other markings there in the bottom of the pit, are what set this cell apart from the others as the place where it was believed Jesus was held on that particular night. As you could tell, we were able to go down into the pit, and down there you would find a space, probably about 15 by 15 would be my guess, And as we gather down there, we pause to read these words from Psalm 88, which say, Lord, you are the God who saves me. Day and night I cry out to you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. I am overwhelmed with troubles and my life draws near to death. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like one without strength. I am set apart with the dead like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, who are cut off from your care. You have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily on me. You have overwhelmed me with all your waves. You have taken from me my closest friends and have made me repulsive to them. I am confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Do their spirits rise up and praise you? Is your love declared in the grave, your faithfulness in destruction? Are your wonders known in the place of darkness or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? But I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me on this most recent trip that we that we took to the Holy Land, we took sixty individuals uh, from our church to be a part of this experience with us and as you can imagine it was a it was a tremendous experience to be there uh, f- a, to each of us individually, but also the opportunity to be there together as a, as a church family to, to visit these places. And if you were to poll the 60 people who got to go on this trip to experience it firsthand, my guess would be is that they would, they would tell you many, they would have many different answers to the question, what was the most meaningful and memorable part of the trip for you? Some might say it was the opportunity to uh, reaffirm their baptism there in the Jordan River. This is one of my favorite pictures that Carter was able to capture, partly because of the smile, the, 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 the sight of joy that you see on Karen's face. Last night before worship, Karen walked in. And what you don't know is that Karen used to attend this church. She now lives in Florida and randomly showed up last night. And I said, I'm so glad you're here. You're in the message tonight. And there she is, that, that, that look of... That look of delight there in, in the Jordan River. I, for, for Mike, uh, our senior pastor, this, this moment may have been the most meaningful for him. That's his wife, Rhonda. Uh, and he had the opportunity to reaffirm her baptism there in the Jordan River. Uh, some might say that the most meaningful opportunity was the boat ride that we took across the Sea of Galilee, the opportunity to to read from the Scriptures, to pause there in the middle of the lake and to and to think about Jesus being there in that place. And, and of course, what was added to the uh, excitement of that day were, were the beautiful images that we were able to see there on the Sea of Galilee, to see the birds uh, flying, to see the, the sun coming through the clouds and, and illuminating the waters. Some would say that the most meaningful moment of the trip was to be there on the hillside where Jesus shared the Sermon on the Mount, to think about Jesus in the three years that he spent in this beautiful land, teaching and healing and sharing his life with people, talking to thousands who came out to, to hear him. Some would say that the most meaningful moment was being in the garden tomb area. I'll show you a few more images of this next week. It was there that we paused, had a service of worship, and shared communion in in that beautiful place there in the city of Jerusalem. Some might say it was the, the time that we got to spend on the temple steps. To pause there and to think about Jesus coming to this place and teaching the people as he entered into Jerusalem. Pausing before he went into the courtyard that surrounded the temple to share again his message with, with the people of that great city, to see there in the background the Mount of Olives, where he entered into the city, to walk on these steps, the place where Jesus walked. That that may have been the most significant moment for some people. Some some might say that the most meaningful moment was just, just the opportunity to see the sunrise in, in the Holy Land, to be there at the Sea of Galilee, and to think about a new day that is made possible by the grace and love of God. But for me, I think I would say that the most meaningful moment for me were those moments that we spent down there in that pit. There were many moments where I felt the presence of God, but, but this was probably the moment that gripped me most strongly, the moment that left me needing to catch my own breath, as I thought about the magnitude of this moment, to be in this place where Jesus came. And there sharing with these people who I love, the words of Psalm 88, these, these were the thoughts that, that, that struck me. The first thought was that this is the place where Jesus came for me. For everything in my life that has not gone the way I would want it to for every bad decision that i've made for 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 every regret that i have for every relationship that has been fractured for every moment of pain and suffering that i have experienced or caused someone else for every time that i have walked away for every every experience that has left me feeling isolated and alone and scared, for the fear that sometimes grips my heart, for the guilt that sometimes seeks to enslave me, for, for everything that has happened and everything that will happen in my life. Jesus came to this place for me, to heal me, to restore me, to set me right with God again. But of course, to be in that place with these people and to be thinking these thoughts, you cannot help but think that Jesus also came here for each of them. He came here for Gail and Martha and Donnie and Sherry and Chuck and Becky and Carl and Denny. And Phil and Linda and Jeannie and Ada and Lynn. My friend Bubba, who I met on the trip. Mac. My friend Steve, who, who came from Virginia, who we shared a conversation while we were in the Garden too, Mary, and he told me about losing his wife to cancer a year before this trip. And he said that he felt like this was the place he needed to come at the end of that year to, to continue in his grief Jesus came here for for each of, of these people who were there in the pit with me, but he also came for my mom and my dad and my brother and my sister and my wife and my son and my daughter. He came for every single person that I have ever loved and every single person that they have ever loved, for each of us and for all of us. Jesus came to this pit and he spent a long and lonely night as he prepared himself to lay down his life for the sins of the world. For each of us and all of us, this is where Jesus came. And for me, in that journey, this this was as close as I got to the cross. That's how I would express it to you. The place where I thought about all that God had done for me and for the world. Now I've shared with you over the last six weeks that Lent is a journey with Jesus to the cross. It's a journey to those places where we often do not like to go and to face those things that we often do not want to face. We love the celebration of Easter, but it is hard sometimes to go to the cross on Good Friday. And to think about that which was given for all of us. But it's important to go there. It's important to go to a place like this, to go to to the cross. Because when we come to a place like this, we have an opportunity to say to God, thank you. Thank you, God, for this gift that you have given for me and for the world. Thank you for grace and thank you for love. Thank you for coming for me and for all the people that I have loved in my life. Thank you for coming to invite me to a new way of life to show me a better way to live. Thank you, God, for coming here for me, but it's also in a place like this that as we pause and we say, Thank you, Jesus, for the gift that you have given to me, we remember that those who are recipients of God's grace are also called to be instruments of God's grace. It is not enough to simply come to this pit to to remember the long and lonely night that Jesus shared there. It's not enough to simply come here and say, Thank you. Our words of thanks and appreciation to God must be met with our prayer of invitation saying, God, use me. For as you were broken for the sins of the world, God, invite me and use me to be broken so that others may receive this gift, so that others may know the love and grace of God. Jesus came to reveal to us in the clearest way possible the love and grace of God. And those who receive it bear the responsibility to share it. So this week, as we make those final steps with Jesus to the cross, I want to invite you to take some time to say thank you. Thank you, God, for what you have done for me. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus and for giving him the courage to go to that place that he did not want to go, to face those things that he was not excited to face, to set me free and to give me life. And in that time to also say, God, use me. Use me as an instrument of your grace to share this story with the world. Come Thursday night, come Friday night and say thank you. And in between that time and and the celebration this weekend, invite someone to come and hear the story of a God who cares. A God who came to this place to set us free. Let's pray. Loving and gracious God, we give you thanks today for Jesus, for his courage to come here to this place for us, to show us in the clearest way possible, your love for each of us and your love for all of us. We ask your forgiveness, Lord, for any moment in our life where we have taken that for granted, where we have treated your grace as something that is cheap, when we have forgotten the high price that you paid to invite us to receive a different kind of life. God, as we receive that gift, help us to live in that new way, to be instruments of your grace at work in the world. As we make these final steps with Jesus together, we say thank you for the life that you have given and the honor that we have to share this life with you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.